Hello everyone, it's lovely to uh, welcome you to another Pharmacy Technician Coffee Break Conversation, our podcast series with me, Barry Jabraj, and I'm very, very happy uh, to have Charlotte Hui, who's here today to talk about Pharmacy Technicians on the Virtual Wards. Uh, we've recorded a series which uh, started off life as a webinar series. Um, that we did on the role of pharmacy technicians in primary care. If you've not had a listen to any of the others in the series, please do have uh, a listen. And the purpose of the podcast series and what we're going to do today with Charlotte is to share examples of pharmacy technician practice to demonstrate their variety of roles, the contribution that pharmacy technicians make and also opportunities for pharmacy technicians, whether you are a technician or whether you work in primary care and are thinking of employing or having one in your uh, team. So Charlotte, it's lovely to meet you. And I must start by just asking, did I pronounce your surname anywhere near correctly? Could you just give us a little, <laughs> a little correction? Well, it's Charlotte Hoy. Hoy. Told because it's my married name. Yeah, of course. So, well, um, I'm sorry, I got that wrong, but thank you. It's good to get right. people's it's, names um, right. I get lots of variations of it. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, I'm a Gibraj and I'm the same Charlotte. So, but we'll, we'll, we'll be Charlotte and Barry today. Um, but Charlotte, thank you so much for joining us. I'd love to know to start with a little bit, just a bit about you, you your your career today, where you started. Yeah, so um, I started working for Boots um, about 12 years ago, um, just as a part-time counter assistant um, after the sort of birth of my third child. Um, yeah. Decided I quite liked it. Um, yeah. Quickly completed the dispensary course so I could move into sort of the dispensing side of things and um, did that for a little while and then I was offered the technician course um decided why not did that as well mm -hmm. um worked as a technician for about a year then moved on to accuracy checking quite quickly um, yes and as my children got older I sort of realized there was more of a a pull to sort of hospital pharmacy and to find out more about what's out yeah. there and available for technicians because I don't think technicians are, are used as they should be in community uh -huh. pharmacy I think um, there's a lot more that we can do so uh -huh. I moved into hospital pharmacy and worked across across the three main Leeds hospitals um rotating through wards and different um specialities in the wards did that for about 18 months, but still didn't feel like that was for me either. Right. Um, okay. So then decided to have a look to see what else there was out there. And I found the virtual wards and that felt uh, like a good okay. fit for me. So that's where I am. Fantastic. Now. And actually, Charlotte, it's really interesting. Your, your career has actually progressed really quickly. You know, you started there, you did the dispensing, you did the technician course, and, and you kind of had a really powerful direction of travel. So it's really interesting for our listeners to hear that, I think. Yeah, I've only worked full time for four years. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah. It, from from qualifying as a technician yeah. um, in I think 2017 to now. Yeah. Yeah, in the last five years has been, I've done quite a lot, yeah, just sort yeah. of trying to find where I fit, yeah. really, I think. 
Well, let's move on to virtual wards, if that's all right. And the background to, to this is that we recently uh, did a webinar. Uh, actually, it was a mini conference on virtual wards. It's on the SPS website, if anybody's listening to this and, and would like to check that out. And that's how we found you, Charlotte, <laughs> that you were a pharmacy technician working in a virtual wards environment. So I just wondered if you could just tell us a little bit about what you do. What's your role on the virtual ward environment? Um, so it's changed massively from when I started in 2020 um, because it, it, this is a new role and we didn't know what it was going to look like. Yes. Um, and it's been pretty much developing it as we go and finding out what we can do. Um, where we're at at the moment, because we're constantly moving things along, is my day-to-day -day sort of, I mean, the virtual ward is obviously, um, the biggest aim is to prevent hospital admission. Um, yes. So our cohort of patients are frail. They've all got a frailty diagnosis and they're all acutely unwell. And um, so they have a team of matrons. Uh, they're under the consultant, at least teaching hospitals. And then there's our little pharmacy team, which used to be two people, but is now five. So we are growing. Wow. Um, and we, day to day, for now, we review all our new patients. So we can have anything between one and eight. Every yes. single day referrals, depending on numbers on the ward. Yes. Um, and we review all those patients um, in terms of why they've come on the ward. We'll have a look at the medications to see if there's anything exacerbating that acute illness. Um, we have developed like a handover between all our staff to pass all that information on so the pharmacists can see um, what we're picking up on, where they need to look. Um, we do sort of, we, we also generally look at medicines sort of like anticholinergic burden medicines, opiates, mm. problem meds, but we do try and sort of link it to why the reason why they've come on. So if mm. we've got a heart failure patient, we'll look at the heart failure medications and we'll say they're on this and this and this and this and sort of flag that because we know that for those patients there's probably going to be a change come lunchtime during our MDT. And mm. um, so it's been able to identify as visits really, which is what we're doing. Yeah. So by reviewing our patients, we're identifying which patients need a visit from our team. Yeah. Um, oh, a home visit. Home visits, yeah. Right, okay. So, so a couple, yeah, a couple of questions, sorry, Charlotte, a couple of questions that come to mind. So you said it's to prevent hospital admissions. Do you actually step patients down where they could go home as long as they're being monitored? We do. Um, I don't think it was, it, it sort of came into play further along the virtual ward line that actually we could bring patients home if they just needed an assessment and bloods within two days of returning home and that sort yes. of given earlier earlier um, right, discharge as well. Yeah. We do get a lot of discharges from the hospital, but a lot of them are they do need to be seen rather than just a blood test. Fine, fine. I've got you. So so, so what you've described, you've described some clinical things there and maybe some technical things as well so could you just drill down to what sorts of tasks functions you as a pharmacy technician do for the virtual wards where do you where do you fit in charlotte yeah so we myself and the other pharmacists we review the patients mm. we have a look at all the medications and we complete our handover so that our pharmacists are aware of what's going on in the ward and of what's going on with our new patients. And um, we absolutely that's all input. And then from there, we decide who we need to see. We work quite autonomously. So we're deciding who we want to see 
ourselves. We don't sort of rely on someone to say, go see this person, go see that person. So we're quite self-managing. Um, we pick up our patients, we'll, we'll arrange to go and see them. And then from there, it's sort of, I suppose the reviews are more if we've noticed polypharmacy, but we do have quite a lot of reactive visits as well, which when the matrons need us to visit or if the consultant has asked us to change a medication or um, we're having difficulty obtaining things from community pharmacies. Um, there's compliance issues, we'll go out and see those patients. Um, okay. There's a lot, there's, a, there's sure. quite a lot of um, reasons why we would go and see somebody. Yeah. So it sounds like you and the pharmacist are really close-knit team. Yeah. So just to go a little bit deeper, what do you do as part of that? Just so our listeners can hear, right, this is this is what the technician focuses on. I know you're doing a lot of joint stuff, but what is it that you contribute in terms of your tasks and your skills? Um, we, are, we do work very closely. Um, mm. It's hard to sort of pick out just because we're because we do work a lot as I have a pharmacist I work with and we do work a lot as a team. Yeah. Um, and we kind of take on as own patients. So unless they need like it's a really in-depth clinical review, um, yeah. which is where I will pass them over. Yes. Um, but sort of I'm trying to think, sorry. That's um, all right. Well, well, d d one thing like the, the anticholinergic burden, is that something that you would look at? It is, but it's very new to me. This is like okay. something I've never done before. This is not yeah. something I've done in hospital. I definitely didn't yeah. do it in community. It's yeah. It's been a huge learning curve to come on virtual ward. And it all started by, because we went into the pandemic. Yes. And the ward didn't look like it should have looked because the risk of us going into patients as well as matrons, um, it was just too high at the time. So yeah. the pharmacy team took a massive step backwards from home visits and we didn't do it unless okay. the matrons were really struggling. Yeah. Um, so there was a good year where we were just sort of developing from home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> teams. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, things like anticholinergic burden, that sort of allowed me to learn a huge amount about that and how that affects frail patients. Yeah, absolutely. Um, lots of our patients have got heart failure. So yes. I have to pick up a lot about heart failure and side effects and how medication affects heart failure. Yeah. Um, there is, um, I completed like an 18 month community pathway project, which was offered to me through um, CPPE. And yes. That's sort of gone hand in hand with consultation skills because obviously we do drug histories in hospitals as hospital technicians but yes. actually being in, in a setting where you are the only person talking to that patient and you need to um they're acutely unwell you know they're not at the best and some of them yeah. don't want you in there we're very full-on um, yes so being able to develop my consultation skills over the last sort of two and a half years and learn about lots of different illnesses but, but they're quite common in the elderly like i say you know yeah looking yeah. at people with polypharmacy they have lots of anticholinergic drugs or opiates and heart failure drugs and it, yeah it's i've learned that over the last two years and it's been wow. it's been a lot to to pick up and and when you do home visits do you go with the pharmacist or do you ever do them yourself we always go on our own yeah so <laughs> very rare that yeah. we'll go on a joint visit Okay, um, and, and so what sort, so 
if you imagine maybe the last consultation that you did, uh, a home visit that you did, what 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 came up? Um, I have well, I've been on a few this week trying to think yeah. of an interesting one. Um, sorry, bear with me. No, that's so not. I, I saw a lady a couple of days ago. Um, yeah, partially sighted. Um, yes, has. She's in a period of acute illness, so she's not lucid either. So um, she's um, seeing things, you know, things that aren't there. She thinks her mum was at home. And they're really difficult people to go and see. Um, because you don't know what you're walking into. You know, your matrons yeah. have phoned you. They've said, look, you know, this lady, she's very unwell. She thinks her mum's at home. And, you know, a lot of them in the 80s and 90s themselves. Um, and luckily for me, her son was there. but. Um, I'd basically gone in to see how she was managing with her medication because yes. she was telling the matrons she administered this medication herself. Right. But they didn't know how she would be able to manage that because she was yeah. on a variable thyroxine dose and she can't yes. see. So um, I'd gone in and met the son at the home and it, it was very clear that she she wasn't 100, you know, she wasn't able to, to clearly tell me what she did day to day with the medication. Right. Yes. It transpired with the son that somebody was supposed to have been supporting her with this medication in the morning, but she was taking it before they arrived. So it was a carer. Yeah. Um, yeah. When we look back over how many issues she's had recently from her GP, it does look as if though she has taken more than she should have done. Okay. The supply had lasted a month. Yes. Um, from what I could find in the house, you know, in the that the son was absolutely adamant. There's nothing else in this house, and I'm like, right, okay. Um, we'd also, while I was sort of checking through the medications, I'd picked up that she should have been reduced um, from a 10 milligram ramipril to a 2.5 twice a day two yes. years ago, but that never happened. She was reduced okay. from that yeah. to once a day, 2.5 milligram once a day, and she's been on yes. that dose for two years. But we, you know, if you, everybody who looked at her records would think she was on 2.5 twice a day because uh, that's just how it was recorded, but actually, it's never yeah. been that. We don't know yeah. how this has slipped through the net, but it has. Yeah. We've yeah. looked into the GP records. We've noticed the error. Um, we've asked the son. We've asked um, the lady, which obviously it, it was a yeah. bit shaky ground asking her what her, her history is with medications. Um, but yeah, we've we sort of picked up this error and we've decided that she'll stay on the virtual ward to be con so to have her BP monitored as well as other things yes. as well to make sure that there's two. I mean, we can't increase. A, to twice a day because she's been taking once a day for the last two years and her BP seems stable so why would we mess with it is yeah. this life, the, yeah. the view of the pharmacist so she's staying with us for a bit of monitoring um sorry I'm so sorry something <laughs> came up there which was something in the background but never mind um <laughs> But that actually paints a really good picture of what you did. You picked up something that somebody else wouldn't have, have picked up um, and you put your pharmacy technician brain on to yeah. really see that, didn't you? So, so it's yeah. Of, it's a lot of detective work when we go and see them. Um, lots of them have, you know, got bags and bags of medication in the home. They're not doing with them. You know, it's easy to look at somebody's GP record and go, oh, they take 10 medicines once a day. But when you go and see them, they're never doing that. And they've got oodles of medication in the house. And yes. So it's nice to get out there and, and do a, a full 
medication review with them mm. and um, take away what's needed or, you know, be able to inform the pharmacist and the consultant, well, actually, they don't take this medication as prescribed and they don't do this and they do do that. So, um, yeah, it's a lot of finding out what's working for the patient and why they may not be taking medication or why they are taking medication. Um, yeah, it's a lot of detective work sometimes with them, but um, it's very worth it yeah. <laughs> when you walk away. Wow. What a what a picture you have painted for us, um, Charlotte, in terms of keeping these patients out of hospital, allowing people to be monitored at home. And I think this example that you've given of this lady who was really vulnerable from the sounds of it, that you made a difference by being a pharmacy technician on the ground in that environment. Um, Charlotte, we could spend so much time talking um, I'm going to ask you one more question uh, and then we'll draw things to a close. What do you think is the unique contribution that a pharmacy technician makes to a virtual ward? Um, I do think pharmacy technicians look at medications differently to pharmacists. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, I think we're always looking at um, practicality and how I mean, obviously, pharmacists, it's, it's a funny role because we kind of mingled a little bit with the pharmacists because I think when I've worked with pharmacists previously, there have been medication, clinical knowledge, let's do X, Y, Z without thinking about the person who's on the end of that change. Yes. Whereas I think for virtual ward, it can't be like that. We have yeah. to think of the person as a whole and so do the pharmacists. Yeah. Um, I think. It, you, you've got to be, you know, you've got to have really good interpersonal skills. I think a lot of technicians do like speaking with people and do like sort of trying to help. Um, you know, you've got to be quite, you've got to have a lot of empathy with his patients and I'm quite sensitive to that. So, yes, um, sort of reading them and, and seeing what works for them and knowing if it's the right time to visit. If it, you know, yeah. as a virtual ward, they've got a lot of people coming in and out. It's very full on from the minute they are referred to us. Um, so I think sometimes, and a lot of them, as a family technician, they don't expect to see you. And you go in and a lot of them are housebound. So they're sort of, they're really grateful for some pharmacy input. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we're able to go in and spend that extra time. I think that gives us an extra edge because your matrons are so busy getting, you know, all the clinical um knowledge together to tell the, the consultant over lunchtime, they get quite a good slot, but they never get round to the medication. So it was being able to then go in and spend the time with the patient and being like, you know, what do you do with this? Why do you do that? How are you managing with this? Can we make things easier? Um, yeah, I think, you know, we all do that, the whole pharmacy team. But yeah, I think if it is very much, a, we look at things practically, we look at yeah. compliance yeah. and how the patients, I mean, if this clinical sort of information that we need would pass that straight to the pharmacist yeah. but that's we've always got somebody on the end of the phone to help support us so whether we're out with the patient on his own or not um i know i can ring with my pharmacist and say oh i've been to this patient i've noticed all of this i was thinking this what do you think and they'll go yes fine yeah. brilliant oh <laughs> so you really are using your yeah. knowledge but it's, um, yeah. it's been challenging yeah, well, it sounds challenging and it started with COVID, as you say, and you must have seen so many things. I've got to draw things to a close. It's just been lovely to chat with you and really tease out 
what you as a pharmacy technician contribute. So on behalf of those who've listened, Charlotte, thank you so much for talking with me today and sharing something of your journey and what you do in the virtual ward environment. And so if I can just uh, say uh, to our listeners, I, I hope that this has been helpful. This is a series of podcasts that we've uh, run. There are others available at soundcloud.com forward slash NHS underscore SPS. Uh, we'd love you to listen to them. Give us some feedback. There's a little survey. We'd love to know what you think about them. Do contact us, register with the SPS website, drop us a little line if you've got any feedback there. Um, but from Charlotte and, and myself and Sue, our wonderful administrator, thank you so much for listening and bye bye for now. <laughs>